Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Bruski and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel this week, which includes a new panelist, which I will introduce in a minute, but Jorna Taylor is with us as always. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna, welcome. Good morning, Wisconsin. And Robert Craig, our Executive Director here at Citizen Action, joins us. Good morning, everyone. And we have added another panelist this week, and that is Earl Ingram. Uh, for folks here in Milwaukee, uh, Earl is a longtime talk radio show host at WMCS 1290 here in Milwaukee. Uh, and he is going to be appearing with us on the podcast. Earl, welcome. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, it's uh, great to have you. Uh, you're far more experienced in uh at this than we are. We've only been at it for three and a half years and we are hacks, but we love it. So uh, we, we welcome you to the panel and we'll talk more about uh, uh, Radioactive a little bit later in the podcast and uh, Earl was at that this week and we mentioned it last week on the podcast, our effort to track right-wing media in, in, in Milwaukee or southeastern Wisconsin. We're going to start briefly by mentioning that there's a very important primary election that is occurring Tuesday next week, so that is Tuesday the 16th, and uh, statewide, there is a important state Supreme Court race. Robert, obviously, uh, we've talked a bit about this, and Citizen Action has endorsed uh, Judge Joe Donald. It's a big primary. It's an important primary. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, and people expect there to be low turnout, uh, yep. which is the problem, frankly, with having uh, Supreme Court races and spring elections that a lot of voters don't participate in. And so you're essentially excluding young people and a lot of people who don't vote as frequently. And it's really important because the state Supreme Court has essentially in lockstep sustained all of Governor Walker's attacks on Wisconsin democracy and working people. And there's been no doubt, there's been no jurisprudence. It's a political body, and they've taken it over with big campaign cash. So there is a spirited primary where we know who Walker's candidate is, uh, uh, Bradley, who is Rebecca Bradley, who he appointed, though she has almost no Three experience. Times. She has very little experience, <laughs> but she was the most qualified to be appointed uh, to the vacant state Supreme Court uh, um, seat. So there really is a divide among progressives. There are a lot of progressives who are supporting Joanne Kloppenberg, who ran heroically during the recall election, and a lot of people uh, therefore see her as the progressive candidate. Uh, we actually uh, were a little bit, uh, didn't take the usual road as much, uh, though in Milwaukee it's, it's less controversial than it would be uh, in places like Madison that know, don't know Judge Joe Donald, but Joe Donald is... Uh, had a, almost 20 years on the court, and what impressed us is that he has taken a very strong stand, not just in terms of talking, but his record mm -hmm. on African-American incarceration and mass incarceration, where we have the highest African-American incarceration rate in the country. I mean, literally higher than Texas, higher than Oklahoma, to, higher than all those uh, places, and uh, and have uh, nearly more than double the people in jail that Minnesota has. And so this is about uh, the, the ill-fated war on drugs, uh, the criminalization of our society, and it is stealing opportunity from young African-American men primarily. Also, we have the highest rate for Native American uh, uh, men as well, in addition to African-American men. And so Joe Donald on this night, I, we have a blog that goes into this. Brian will provide the link, uh, and there'll be some op-eds on this. But this is the new Jim Crow, okay, as Michelle Alexander called it. This is not some minor issue. And the only way you take on a major issue like this is if you make elections about it and you talk about it. And we've read some clips. Joe Donald is 
eloquently campaigning on this issue. Rebecca Blatt Bradley is wrong on this issue. She says race doesn't come in to any court of judge, uh, uh, judicial decisions it, whatsoever. It's not, she just reads the law. It has nothing to do with anything. Uh, so the, the fake colorblind society uh, defense of, of the right. Uh, can we be quite honest? Joanne Kloppenberg uh, has the right positions, but she doesn't have the record Joe Donald has, and she's not campaigning out the way he has or as effectively. He was the founder, one of the judges that can be able to create the Milwaukee Drug Treatment Court, and uh, he was the first presiding judge on that court. So it's not just lip service. He's actually tried uh, to reduce the incarceration of, of nonviolent offenders who, uh, who have committed no crime other than, than substance use. Uh, addiction, which is a medical issue, not a criminal issue. Joanne Kloppenberg, um, she certainly has name recognition mm -hmm. uh, because of her. the last time she ran against Justice Prosser. So in our community, I, there aren't a whole lot of people who know who Judge Donald is. And so it's, it's going to be faced with uh, trying to get people to understand who he is first. That's going to be extremely difficult. I certainly support Judge Donald, uh, but I'm very much concerned in the African-American community whether or not people know who he is. Now, they, many don't know who, in fairness, who uh, Joanne Kloppenberg is either. And when you're looking at African-Americans who only make up 6% of the overall state, I'm just wondering how we're going to be able to mobilize enough people or get enough people to be concerned about who the Supreme Court justice is when they're concerned about gas, lights, food, and all the other things that they need to survive. Well, I certainly think that it's about time that we have somebody like Judge Joe Donnell on our state Supreme Court. He has done such great work here in Milwaukee, and he really would be an independent, judicious, and thoughtful voice. And I don't know about you all, but we could use a little bit more thoughtfulness up in that state Supreme Court. Yeah, no, <laughs> Less no. choking, more thinking. <laughs> um, but no matter what happens on Tuesday, uh, one of the two of them is going to come out of this race, most likely. It's going to be uh, Joanne Kloppenberg or Joe Donald. And we cannot, as progressives, afford to let Rebecca Bradley be on the state Supreme Court for the next 10 years. We can't. Let me repeat that again. We cannot afford to have Rebecca Bradley and more regressive Scott Walker policies rule the state Supreme Court come April. So... No matter what happens, even though I'm for Judge Joe Donald, um, we need to mobilize for April as well. Yeah, and I can just say uh, that Citizen Action will support Joanne Kloppenberg in the general election if she comes to the primary. In this case, we're, we're making a stand on the biggest issue in the criminal justice system and one of the biggest issues for racial inequality in the whole country. But Joanne Kloppenberg is, is a progressive person, and if she comes through the primary against Bradley, we will be strongly supporting her. Yeah, and I say that to both, you know, Donald and Kloppenberg supporters. You know, this is a little bit like this Democratic primary right now. We got to we got to come together after the primary is over and make real change happen in Wisconsin. How do you, how do we overcome the imbalance in the finances? <laughs> uh, because because yeah. it, we we can't ignore it. It's a reality. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you you were talking about that in terms of uh, Judge Joe's ability to be known 
within the African-American community, much, much less the uh, statewide community. I think that's his hurdle. I, I look, I'm as much of a Joe honk as everybody here. And, so am I. and, and, and I, Robert, and we've laid this out. And as someone who does our social media, I've exchanged with a lot of people about our endorsement and why, and look, I completely understand why a lot of people are supporting Joanne. And I would echo what Robert said about in Jorna about, you know, after the primary. So I, I, and I think, I think, Joanne's likely to win because I, I just think Joe has too too steep a hurdle, and I do think we will have no problem, you know, as progressive community coalescing. I just I do feel strongly that Joe, in a general, uh, could go get a lot of votes that I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Joanne to get. But that's just my opinion, and ultimately, as uh, Jorna said, at the end of the day, we're going to be unified and and have to go. But you're right, we're going to be up against endless resources from Rebecca Bradley. We've already seen it here in the primary, and. Um, Joe or uh, Joanne is going to have that hurdle, and I, you know, it's 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 a huge hurdle, and it, it it goes beyond just Supreme Court. But Robert mentioned this: this influence of special interest money right. is polluting our court and the credibility of the court, and has led to choking. Right, uh, there, Joanne. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Her neck fell into his hands. Yeah. Let's all remember that. No, so all right. Let's remember that the first African American justice, Lewis Butler, was defeated uh, by yeah. a completely unqualified right. Judge Gableman who doesn't right. have a jurisprudence background to save his life. Vile death with 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 a vile ad that uh, falsely accused Lewis Butler of somehow letting a, a murderer loose who oh. then committed other, and a rapist loose who committed other crimes, put two black faces next to each other on right. the screen, a Willie, new Willie Horton, was literally found to violate judicial code of ethics by the, by, uh, by the relevant agency, which never does this, by the way. And the only reason he wasn't punished or potentially thrown off the court is because the court split three to three. The right-wing judges backed him up. He was actually convicted by Judicial Commission and Citizen Action filed that complaint back in the day. I'm sometimes uh, blown away by the fact that uh, many don't understand the importance and the power of the Supreme Court. Uh, you can talk about the John Doe investigation and, and how it was overturned and, and made mockery of uh, those who were bringing out the truth on, on what was taking place. Um, with those who are supporting Governor Walker. And because the Supreme Court determined it uh, was illegal, uh, what was taking place, which everybody who looked at it knew it should have been legal, it was meant, it showed that the things that were taking place, what they were doing uh, was right according to the law based on what the conservative Supreme Court had to say. Had there been a Supreme Court that had balance um, Certainly, we would have saw a different outcome, uh, but many people have to understand, and I think far too many fail to see the importance of the Supreme Court race because it's not always out there. It's something that mm -hmm. comes around so seldom uh, that, that people lose sight of it. Well, Earl, that is why Kevin Kennedy is predicting about 450,000 voters out of 4.4 million uh, in the state. So... We're going to have a low primary, but um, that means uh, folks who do get out and vote, your vote matters extremely much in this primary. And no matter which sides you're on, on, on particularly the Supreme Court race, please get out and vote. Not only that... And, and just real quickly, the problem with these elections is, is that, that, that the judges generally run as 
uh, on kind of formulaic platforms. No, the public is not in a position to judge their legal records whatsoever. So what are they voting on? I mean, that's the problem. Even the most well-informed voters don't um, couldn't really give a, an explication of, of the three's judicial records or how they've ruled on different cases, okay? Robert, so they don't campaign on that Robert, either. Robert, that came out so much this week in terms of when I was getting into discussions with people on social media. It was, she's more experienced. I'd be like, well, I actually think he's more experienced, <laughs> yes. right? Like, it, it's really difficult to judge. They both actually have long track records, right? And, I, and, I and so you've made the case as to why we think there's a particular excellence in his I, I experience. I will predict again, as I've predicted many times on AG races and state Supreme Court races, that the right with their money will find a way to say that the more progressive candidate had something to do with helping child molesters. <laughs> okay, I predict that will be coming right. out in the general election. I don't know what so it much, is, but I'm sure there's really, something they did So to much child to molesters. look forward to Politifacting in Robert. March, in March and April. We look forward to that. I also want to remind folks who live in Milwaukee, and I know we've promised this in the past, but we're actually going to have a, a, a podcast specifically talking about the Milwaukee election, county executive race. Uh, Citizen Action has endorsed Chris Larson, and we are working with the Working Families Party on doing significant uh, field operation. Robert yeah, Matt and, and I were in the phone bank last night. We were night. making calls yeah. last night, had some great conversations, um, even got a chance to uh, call Peter Rickman, one of our activists. I wasn't sure how he was voting. It was unclear. He's been very silent on this issue. Um, <laughs> one of your activists has been <laughs> silent. Just, oh, that, just was, oh, that was no. meant ironically. No, no, no. <laughs> of course. Uh, we, okay. uh, uh, but uh, uh, so want to encourage people on Saturday at 10 o'clock or Quite if frankly, you're in Milwaukee, any time in the day, uh, if yeah, if you, come on into Milwaukee if you want to help get Chris Larson <laughs> elected. And here's why it should matter: Chris Abley wants to be your governor, and he's going to run for governor based on uh, supposedly winning this county executive election. So if you don't want Chris Abley to be your governor, get here. Uh, 10 o'clock, Milwaukee Teachers Education Association. We have information. We'll have it on the website. Uh, or you can come any time of the day. You can either do phones or you can go out in the, I believe, 15-degree weather on Saturday. Five. Uh, Five-degree <laughs> weather. So I believe the phone bank is going to be hopping <laughs> this Saturday. But whatever it is you want to do, please come and help. We have plenty of both uh, for everybody. Um, next, we need to move to the situation around voter registration. And, Jordan, we talked about this last week. This is We believe this is an incredibly awful bill. It's getting a bit of attention, but I don't think most of the public even is aware of what is happening. It's particularly around what's called SRD. It's a, another acronym, but essentially these are the ability for regular folks like any, like any of us to get trained and go out and register people to vote. And that is quite frankly how most folks, um, students, uh, elderly, uh, people certainly in large urban areas get registered. It's a, it's a significant, important way uh, to register since we have so many people in only one election commission. Jorna. Yeah, so um, Senate Bill 295 is this um, sort of omnibus package of election reforms, some that are good. It includes veterans' IDs as an acceptable form of photo ID. Now, that's assuming that photo ID is in some way a good thing, huh? Yeah, um, but... getting those folks' IDs, so that would right, be nice. Right, you yeah. know, great. Um, it also includes online electronic voter registration, which we are in support of, but yep. let me be very clear... It is only online registration for those folks who have a state 
DMV issued ID or driver's license. It is not for those folks who do not have that or for those folks, frankly, who don't have regular access to the Internet to register and your address on your ID must match your new voting location. So for example, my address on my ID, my driver's license does not match where I live right now. So I would be ineligible to register that way. I'm getting into the weeds. What's really important here is that it ends what Matt's calling these SRDs. The League of Women Voters who go out and register folks at the library, at naturalization ceremonies, at places like that. The NAACP who runs massive voter registration drives in Milwaukee and in Madison and other places. It's nonpartisan folks who are having conversations about all of these massive changes to election law are help demystifying the voting process for so many um, Wisconsinites and are having building these relationships about why it's so important that we have a voice in our democracy. And the Republicans frankly don't care because they know that if folks are educated they're actually going to vote if folks don't think that the process is scary or that it is somehow unobtainable to register or participate then they're going to vote you know what's going to happen we're we're going to see real change in wisconsin and, and so they don't want that the biggest thing here is that while there are good parts of this bill, this is not an either-or solution, right? Why are we trying to cut off the ability of folks to increase participation by ending the same, these special registration deputies and also then, in lieu of it, just making electronic registration? This is, this is just another blow to democracy. It has passed through the Senate. I listened to the whole debate the other night, enthralling as it was. <laughs> um, and we're going to see it in the Assembly next week at some point, and it will make it to the governor's desk, and, you, you know. It wasn't a founding father level discussion <laughs> by our lawmakers. No. Uh, listen, I mean, <laughs> some of our Democrats did a really great job trying to defend the bill uh, on the floor of the Senate. Others could use some help with their talking points, but um, <laughs> we all know that I'm a critic when it comes to this stuff, but well, they had a defense. Well, obviously, that's, that's, there's no mistaking that a certain portion of that bill is directed at minority voters. Mm -hmm. Hispanics as well as African Americans. One thing conservatives understood on the national level and many understand even on the local level is that uh, the segment of, of the minority vote uh, that helped propel President Obama into re-election, elected and re-elected, uh, is, is a portion that his, uh, conservatives or Republicans long for. Uh, don't forget, after 2012, they made it clear, uh, Rance Priebus said that we are going to set in motion a plan to try to win I mean, African-American and Hispanic voters over to us. And they haven't done a very good job of it. So they must do everything within their power to try to take the power of those uh, groups away. Uh, that's what this is really about, and make no mistake about it. Uh, they're on their way to succeeding with that. So, I mean, every, obviously this is about disenfranchising people. Yes. And, and every step has been that. And the fact that courts won't recognize that shows how just ba how bad our courts are. Right. They're, they're political institutions themselves. They're independent arbiters, and they frankly shouldn't. They, in fact, it's not in the Constitution that the Supreme Court is the final arbiter of what the Constitution means. Well, so if you're going to have judges that are political, that yes. calls that into question. But here's the thing. If we're going to have a uh, voter registration system that is completely antiquated, that's at the level of eight-track tapes, VCRs, 
right? You're exaggerating. Fax this. machines. Just a little bit. Hey. Fax machines. No, because in the modern age, we know who everyone is. Right. They are in other state databases. Why does there need to be a separate legacy voter registration system in each municipality of the state? It is a completely a modern system because they don't care about people voting. The most fundamental right in a democracy, and I know there's not a constitutional right to voting, which is shocking, but people, most Americans think there ought to be and should be, and, uh, and quite frankly, it shouldn't require a constitutional amendment because we say corporations have all sorts of rights, if you know what I mean. The 14th Amendment, right. which was designed to give equal rights to African Americans, was used instead to give equal rights to corporations <laughs> and, and, right to and not to African Americans <laughs> until the Civil Rights era. Right. So... I mean, it's it, America. <laughs> right. So it's 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 stunning. Uh, we still have what we're still part of a lawsuit that's in process that's trying to say that the entire, uh, if you take all of it together, not just photo ID alone, that this is a, a, a an attempt to manipulate the election system to disenfranchise people to win elections, and they should be ashamed of themselves. They will not be. So the only way to deal with this is to is to awaken the public to this. Quite frankly. Uh, maybe we can get somewhere in the courts, but the courts are so compromised. This has to do about mobilizing people. And there is nothing that can stop a mobilized public. Okay, Now, we're going to have to on Election Day because there's going to be a lot less people registered. And they know massive voter registration is about to take place in the presidential election yes. year. Okay, That there are going to be huge lines at the registration tables um, at, on Election Day in November, right when we have high turnout in a critical presidential election. And are they going to make sure there's enough staffing for that? Are we going to have Florida-like and Ohio-like lines for 12 hours wrapping around blocks in November in, in Wisconsin? The one thing I will say is at this moment, and, and obviously we've seen our legislature is subject to the whim of, oh, we totally messed up. This should be effective immediately. We, you know, this, it looks like this would go into effect for spring of 2017. Um, however, when they realize that it will allow more voters, when they, when they step back a moment and think about it, they're going to realize that we really need to stop registering voters for this presidential. It, it's odd. They're rushing it so quickly that it wouldn't, eventually end up taking effect uh, tomorrow <laughs> yeah right like just takes one technical uh, amendment exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> i know exactly oh, well, maybe you're right line and a veto might do it well the one thing is they, they are not prepared for the electronic online system to be up and they haven't fully funded it yet because it's going to be really expensive to do and we know that that legislature likes to spend money on things like registering voters so so this will go through the assembly the assembly next next week so Maybe a, a Robin Voss amendment. A Robin Voss event, amendment. Oh, that's a good segue to our next topic of power. In... And the home of statesmen and stateswomen. <laughs> yeah. Wisconsin yeah. State <laughs> Assembly. Look, Ro Robert, you, you, were, you were right on point about, look, this is all about power. It's, it's you know, they're, they're trying to reduce the power of the Democratic uh, base here. And uh, they've been very effective. Act 10 course going after the um the the uh, trial lawyers going after i mean they've they're gone after trying parenthood to freeze, every base they're every... trying to block the demographic shift that's going on as this is becoming a majority minority country and they if they can keep people from voting then they can slow that down right so <laughs> speaking of that there was a you know speaking of power and just you know not really fully understanding checks and balances. Uh, some Republicans in Madison uh, introduced a bill that would give the legislature access to the records from the closed John Doe investigation. So essentially, it would create a legislative committee that would have subpoena power and access to all the records, uh, secret John Doe investigations, which 
um, seems shocking to, to me. It also did to Lester Pines, who's a very well-known Madison attorney um, who basically came out and said, these folks have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and this is going to lead to an incredible amount of lawsuits because, of course, as he pointed out, Generally, people appear and they assume that these things are going to they're be told. secret. That's, that's, that's told. what they're told, right? <laughs> they're told that's why you have to tell the truth, right? No, no, no. Yeah. David Craig from West Bend no needs relation. to know. <laughs> that would be State Representative David Craig, With who's a, a supporter of this. He, of course, yeah, Robert's uh, uncle. Uh, <laughs> right, had to sure. absolutely know. I hate those Craigs, right? They just, <laughs> uh, he must be from Chicago too, Robert. No. Anyways, look, this is, seems egregious. I'm. I hadn't read about this until the last 24 hours, and I'm very interested in finding out more about this appalling piece of legislation. Well, just to be clear, it doesn't say that we get to find out what's in John Doe, just the committee, yes. okay? <laughs> and, I mean, I'll just say this. Obviously, this is an attempt to produce another Nixon-style enemies list. We already have the enemies list of everyone who signed the recall, the recall petition. Yes. Now it's going to be anyone who was subpoenaed and testified in John Doe and said anything wrong about Governor Walker, even if it was true. <laughs> you know, the short-sightedness in all of these bills uh, is that at some point in time, Democrats are going to eventually regain control of what's taking place. And all of these bills that are being rushed through, everybody's trying to outdo the other. And everybody's trying to find out who can come up with the most moronic and idiotic bill that propels them into the spotlight. Uh, on on the state level, and at some point in time, it is going to come back uh, to bite them in the rear end. So, uh, Earl, it's good that we have you here uh, this week as your uh, inaugural podcast. But I uh, want to get you to talk a little bit about the radioactive event uh, that we had this week in Milwaukee, and mentioned this at the opening of the show. We talked about it last week, including having. Um, Robert's uh, little brother, who used to give noogies to, uh, on on last week to talk all about it, Ted Craig. Um, but you went and uh, want to get your thoughts on what you heard. You also spoke a little bit. Um, talk to the listeners a little bit about why you went to the radioactive event and and you know what 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 you're looking out of this. You know, I um, for a long, long time, I'm a lifelong resident of the state of Wisconsin, and uh, so for 62 years I've um, looked at the state, well, not 62 years, I've looked at the state, I was, wasn't always 62, so at some point in time I came into the world as a, yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> but at least, let's say over the last 40 years, uh, I've been uh, very in tune to what's been taking place in the state and in our city, and talk radio has been something that I've been uh, involved with either through listening or calling up uh, talk show hosts um, for the last 40 years. And I, I realized something uh, that was taking place with the power of the airwaves. And for a long, long time, I often wondered why there were very few, if any, democratic voices on the air, and yes, I'm guilty. I've listened to Charlie Sykes, Mark Billing, Vicki McKenna, Jay Weber, constantly. People would ask me, why are you listening to them? I wouldn't waste my time. But I think it's so critically important that people understand that these people are determining who state Supreme Court justices are. 
They're, they're determining who the judges are. They're determining sometimes who our U.S. senators are, our U.S. congressmen, the power that they possess uh, in 50,000-watt radio stations blanketing uh, this state and other states and people who don't think for themselves but uh, indeed, ditto, in fact, ditto heads. People don't think for themselves. Many times people are like sheep, easily led in the wrong direction but hard to lead in the right direction. And so when you get, and I hate to use the term charismatic because most of the conservative talk show hosts aren't that, but they put fear into those who are listening, good people who get turned and swayed uh, in the way they look at things. And there's not been, if, if any, um, differing voices. Um, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when the Fairness Doctrine came into play. And when Ronald Reagan changed all that. I read about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you've got a little gray in your head. Yeah, so, yeah. I, read, I remember reading about that in the early 90s. So, so, so what I'm saying is, if, if we don't somehow gain access to the airways, and I'm not talking about uh, where the FCC realized that these major corporations, national corporations that own the airwaves, give out the little five watt micro stations mm -hmm. that don't reach enough people, I don't know how we'll ever win another election. And so Citizen Action and Robert Craig, I am really excited about the idea. It's not going to be easy. Uh, there's no way at all it's going to be easy, but it's something that is absolutely necessary if we are going to have a chance to uh, right the wrongs that are taking place in this society. I was so excited about the group of people that were there in the snowstorm and the excitement and energy in the room. Um, the one thing I want to make sure that I can do is uh, make sure that the African-American community is on board because we need to unite together the issues, yeah. the issues that the African-American community is fighting is the very same issue that the middle class is fighting. It's not just been an assault on minorities. It has been an assault on the middle class and the Democratic Party. And when people hammer away from sunup to sundown with the locals and then the national, if you're somebody who's very easily influenced, it's very easy to see how people can sway you. Donald Trump's a prime example. So we must have an opportunity to offset that. So uh, Earl's absolutely right. Their strategy and the right-wing talk show strategy and their five dominant ones in Milwaukee area is to divide and conquer, to pit the white suburbs against African-Americans and Latinos in the city. And so we need to unify. This cannot just be about white progressives, right? That's we will right. not win that way. So there, there are national talk shows that white progressives like, like Stephanie Miller, maybe. You know, that's, that's good, but we need other voices as uh, well absolutely. if we're going to cut across and create a, what I call a community of interest. And so it's obviously an outrage that we have media companies with the public airwaves having only a right-wing perspective, that, and they turn into a GOTV operation. And they get the white suburbs, which are the rightest part of this state, revved up to a frenzy 
there would be no Scott Walker if it wasn't for Right Wing Talk Radio in Milwaukee. Absolutely. That's what needs to be understood. And so our co-op came up with this. So this is also about us learning to work with the organizing cooperative and go where people are interested and then work with them to make it strategic, make it effective. And so Radioactive is a campaign, and there'll be links here, to raise the money to at least have one full-time organizer to work with this, not on their own, but with all the people interested in this. And it's a two-prong strategy for now. Uh, moving forward, there could be other prongs. But one prong is simply to hold right-wing radio accountable, track what they're saying, begin to use it to put pressure on their companies, their corporate partners, because corporations are conflict-averse, public relations, they hate bad public relations, to get balance and go after advertisers and discredit what they're doing and show what they're doing to the whole community, because a lot of people who don't agree, unlike Earl, don't listen, right? And to talk about the coded racist and sometimes uncoded, yes. there's dog whistle and there's human whistle. Uh, Mark Belling's more in the human no, whistle no. camp. Uh, politics. Trump Belling camp. <laughs> so that's one big plank, and you know, media matters at the national level does that. Uh, but at the second level, and there's their right wing. There's this Jerry Bader guy who's all over the state uh, as well. So this affects well beyond Milwaukee. He's right. on number sit number of cities. So J Jerry Bader also needs to be tracked and held accountable. Uh, but the other thing is, we would explore whether we could buy a radio station. Now that would be a long term project. Uh, but the only way that's going to happen is if there's a group of people with permanent staff working on that day to day. So right wing radio accountability, the RAP project, we call it, would occur immediately. And then the, and a lot of the group wants to own a radio station. We would explore that step by step. And the way committee organizing works, that's good committee organizing. And this goes back to Sololinsky and many others, is you get a group of people together who want to make change. And then you work from them step by step on what is the next step, what's the next step. And the first step here is, can enough people join the co-op in order to fund a full-time organizer to work on this with them? If we can do that, then we can do a right-wing radio accountability project, and we can start the steps of exploring the purchase of a station and lay out all the options, what it would take. So it's step by step by step. It's people doing it themselves. So this is uh, the new kind of democracy we're trying to generate. But but there was also uh, uh, another option, and that was to rent time. Yes, yes, there on, are a lot of options on exactly. on uh, existing radio stations, which obviously could happen a whole lot sooner. Yes, than if we're talking about trying to purchase a radio station. But for Absolutely. those who think that this may not have that this where this is much ado about nothing, I recall uh, a gentleman who wound up becoming a senator, who nobody knew about. His name is Ron Johnson. And Ron Johnson, nobody knew. You know who created Ron Johnson, who gave him uh, the, the impetus and the juice to uh, defeat uh, one of the most powerful senators um, that has been around for a long, long time? It was Charlie Sykes, Mark Billing, Jay Weber, Vicki McKenna. They organized, and they started talking about Ron Johnson. Nobody knew who Ron Johnson was. He didn't have any political background. He had no political acumen. Uh, but when, once they put him out there, he was able to defeat um, Russ, yeah, Russ Feingold. And, uh, and, and so you, if you hear him now, they're trying to drum up uh, that same kind of uh, hatred and uh, the victory all about who Russ Feingold is and why it's so critically important that, um, that we continue to have someone like Ron Johnson in office. Make no mistake about it. Radio is as powerful a tool as there ever has been. 
We can talk about television all we want to. Everybody's not listening to radio, but conservative talk radio knows the importance of it, and that's why they put so much money, time, and effort into it. If we don't find a way to compete, uh, it's going to be an ongoing battle for us. And I'll close on this. They know they're vulnerable, that their position yes. of complete monopoly is not defensible. Media trackers, the, the, the fake media outlet that the Bradley Foundation created, right. already wrote an article uh, that just uh, actually declares war oh, yes. on conservative <laughs> radio. And then uh, uh, Jay one, Weber, Jay Weber already yes. spent a whole segment uh, the night of the fundraiser attacking <laughs> it and saying it won't work. And the market had chosen, like the market, right. really? The market in southeast Wisconsin is all far right. Yeah, he was all over the map. He yes. said that while also saying... And by the way, if you were a, if you own one of these, would you want to like, would you actually oh, yeah. want to uh, uh, deliver messages to these people? Yeah. Come on, right? Like he just basically admitted what the whole point is, right? Right. So. Yeah, I heard him mention that yeah. uh, there was they. It's been tried. W I S N tried. Yes. Uh, Demo- I mean, uh, progressive radio, and I. I've been listening to this stuff a long time. I don't recall them. Having I don't either. No. Yeah. No. They, they, <laughs> no, I do. In the 90s, they actually really? had a guy. He's He went down to Chicago afterwards in the mid-90s. He lasted like about a year. He he was not from here. Right? You're not talking so, about Doug Carrick. No. Oh, okay. um, well, Kathleen Dunn he was went on down to Chicago maybe in the yes. 80s, maybe. Yeah. Right. He yeah. stayed, though. This No, but this guy was um, not like Kathleen Dunn. He was a shock right like right. hard in the way he was supposed to be like limbaugh right yes. in, in belling come at you hard Locally? yes and he did okay. not last very long he was on uh, uh 620 but to be honest he wasn't very good right and he right. wasn't from here he didn't really know what he was doing yeah. it wasn't like a belling or a sykes who really understood right. and they were networking and organizing not just bloviating right yes. they, they actually were thinking about how do you build power right which we talked about earlier in the podcast uh, it can't just be about issues and ideas it's also about power so we're going to continue to track radioactive really want to encourage people if you're excited about this vision and the other thing you mentioned even just getting on um, other shows we also think there's a potential to add more of this kind of content and give more people access to being able to at least get out and organize within their own constituencies uh, like we think we do here at the Battleground Wisconsin. So plenty of opportunities, and we'll continue to track that here. Uh, However, Jorna, we need to move to Paul Ryan Watt. Ryan Watt! Ryan Watt! So what do we got this week? Uh, well... This week in Paul Ryan Watch, Paul Ryan is once again finding that the right-wing nut job wing of the Republican... <laughs> this I'm would sorry, be the Freedom the Caucus. The Freedom Caucus. Yes. I get, so get confused. your freedom fries out. <laughs> they, were, they were apparently not um, subdued by the snack party last week that he provided for what them. What about his DJ capacities? <laughs> He's great at a party. He looks good with a hat on backwards. Uh, yes, they are... They are Saying now that they're pushing back that while they gave him a pass in October on the budget, they're now saying that the budget that the president, that President Obama just introduced is not going to be good enough, that they want tighter, stricter, um, less spending and, you know, take more pain, Ameri- more, more pain for mm-hmm. Americans. Um, let's just go back to what maybe like the 1800s would would be good for me, at least early 1900s. Um you know, and that Ryan needs to sort of step up to that plate when he's been working with 
the president and with Democrats to try and craft a, I don't know, bipartisan solution. I think the interesting thing here is that we've said time and again that Paul Ryan is a really strategic and frankly smart individual. And he's been trying to lay out this strategy that will get picked up for the presidential nominee on the Republican ticket to sort of work with Congress that isn't this right-wing crazy nut job policy agenda, you know, because he sees where this is headed. This isn't always going to be early primary states where the, you know, left and right factions of the party come out to vote. We've got to, at some point, appeal to independents and and more moderate Americans. So, um, so Ryan's, Ryan's in a pickle, but I have to say my favorite piece of the New York Times article describing this um, when describing that the Republican chairs of the two budget committees in the House and Senate were not going to even allow the president's budget advisor to sit in on their hearings, which is like unprecedented (laughs) because I mean, God, come on. Um, Ryan himself, a former budget chairman, looked away like a mildly embarrassed father stationed near the (laughs) sandbox where his kids are throwing sand. (laughs) Because that's what Republicans are doing. They're throwing oh, sand uh, and rocks. Konopaki, what's his name again? The brilliant uh, cartoonist yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Konopaki. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Mike think he, I think he could get on this one right away. <laughs> I think he just painted a great image <laughs> right. there. Uh, well, we'll continue to watch Paul Ryan. You're absolutely right. He is brilliant, right? And we're, that's why we do the Paul Ryan watch. He's not just some stumbling around uh, a conservative. He's actually someone who's thinking strategically. So, mm-hmm. Robert, you look like you have well, something Well, no, to just, just briefly, uh, the, the babysitter kind of analogy or parent is appropriate because what's happened is the right deliberately to try to destroy the Affordable Care Act and President Obama created the Tea Party monster through their own, you know, instigation, right. oh, yeah. their own funding. And then they got elected a whole bunch of people who actually believe this stuff. Right. This is why it's hilarious how upset they are with, with Ted Cruz. You created Ted yes, Cruz. Now you, now you want to disavow yourself from Ted Cruz. And so there is Ryan with all these people who actually believe this stuff elected who aren't taking the hint, oh, we're just supposed to say that I get elected. Now you got to move the money for the big special interests that fund our campaigns. And they... And they did, they're not on the program. What is it? Barack <laughs> Obama has a plan. Barack Obama is a smart individual and has a plan. Rubio. Oh, uh, yeah, the, ro- the, the Rubio. Rubio bot. Yes. <laughs> and so they really like hate that Cruz always attacks TARP because TARP was done by Bush and the Republicans, not by Obama, just for example, someone who didn't get the memo. Whoa, whoa, what is, what's Look, with you and the facts today, Robert? <laughs> they created Trump and Cruz, right? They're the two different factions and 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 trump as as you know he's big populist pitch he's probably got democrat former democrats right in his coalition yeah. uh because he's talking a populist game uh, we talk about it a little former bit nixon democrat yeah no you see <laughs> it it's embedded in some of his stuff right like uh we've talked about it before um that's what's so dangerous about that guy Anyways, we uh, got to wrap this one up. I say, Brian cut us off uh, hours ago. Bri- <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not recording anymore. No. So, uh, Earl, this is uh, how we end every show, and it's um, it's called the weekend furlough, and we ask people to tell us one interesting thing either they're doing or that they wish they were doing this weekend when they're not um, fighting the good fight in our political uh, trenches and battlefields. So, what what are you doing this weekend, Earl? That uh, everyone ought to be thinking about they should do well i'm going to continue to support the candidate uh, automatic candidate in in my district that i'm supporting as i have been doing for the last month and a half going door to door and making sure that we 
get our message out. That's a lucky to candidate in my in my, uh, <laughs> in my community. The thing that I wish I was doing uh, is I would love to be somewhere where it was warm. <gasps> yeah, it's supposed to be as we talked earlier about five or ten degrees. <laughs> Jorna, so. Uh, George, I hope, has a heater in, uh, this week out there. George and Reno are like the best-dressed horses on the face <laughs> of the planet. Um, but it is too cold to ride, so I'll just hang out with them a little bit. And then on Sunday night, I'm actually going to go and see Henry Rollins. Uh, at Old school. Yeah, at Turner. So um, if anyone who doesn't know who Henry Rollins is, he's an old... Um, well, I think he's an 80s punk rock icon yeah, yeah. who has done some phenomenal spoken word things over the years. And if you have a chance, there are still tickets available. He is inspirational. He is dark and depressing at times, but he's awesome. You know, it's depressing when I hear people say old and they refer to the <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but that was like the height of punk rock. <laughs> I'm born in the 70s. Come on. Wow. Prepare uh, to be depressed. Prepare to be depressed. Robert, what are you doing? This weekend, come on! Oh, come on! This I never have great. time to plan I'm, for Matt. It's gonna go with me to Henry Rollins. Earl Robert has the best furloughs. You just get ready. Here we go. Right. Anything Roll. I might might do to help Chris Larson won't count. So I sure will. will. Uh, it's not a furlough. So um, I mean, uh, there's ACC basketball this weekend. We're getting closer to March Madness. Yeah. So my Pitt Panthers, who are doing only moderately well, are playing at <laughs> North Carolina. So I have a chance for a marquee victory. <laughs> well, that's excellent. I, Robert, I agree. This is a tough weekend because we've got spring elections and we're going to be doing a uh, that canvas for Larson. And I really do want to encourage. I'm going to pull a Robert here. I folks get out and really help us this weekend again. Appear at ten o'clock at the MTA. This election's uh, brutally important. And again, I, it's not just Milwaukee County. This is uh, has great importance for the future of the state, uh, particularly if you care about uh, who the next Democratic. Uh, a candidate for governor will be. So please get out. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to try to stay warm. I have a lot of preparations actually this week. A uh, week from uh, Friday is the Flat Out Friday race uh, that my son will be racing in at the uh, UWM Panther Arena. It's the first time we've ever done an indoor race on soda syrup. So very excited. Uh, thousands of people we're hoping will pro- hope probably be the largest crowd we've ever raced against and raced uh, with and that it's in Milwaukee's very exciting but uh, we got a lot what of soda serve it, well so basically earl you take you know when you go to mcdonald's and they mix the coke yes. in, with the carbonation yes that syrup oh, it's okay. sprayed okay. evenly on a concrete floor <laughs> to make it tacky and you can race bikes or cars or anything wow. on it and so at the uh at the uh old mecca they'll be racing uh, motorcycles oh, uh, harley really? davidson sponsoring it yeah it'll be it's a big deal uh pros are coming in and uh, my son races so that's that's uh that's what i do a lot on the weekends be pretty loud. Uh, not during the winter but this is a rare exception where we have a winter race so Got to get ready for that, Earl. Uh, when when we're not doing our Larson work and others, uh, you mentioned aldermatic races. Yes. So, all right. Well, with that, we want to thank Brian Woolridge, our producer, who makes this happen every week. And of course, Earl, we want to thank you for joining us. And uh, we think we're going to probably make this a regular thing if you can uh, fit this in with your Thursday mornings. I'm fine. All right. So uh, again, we look forward to seeing everybody next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin podcast.